0: So we're going to talk about spiritual gifts this week, next week, really for several weeks. This is a difficult thing for people to grasp. To me, it's really simple. Spiritual gifts are not complicated. It's just simple, but it's so abused and misused in understanding spiritual gifts. So I'm going to do everything I can over the next few weeks to help you. Now, when you come to 1 Corinthians, you always have to remember every book you're in context. Here's what we do with spiritual gifts. In the handful of places it's mentioned, we take First Corinthians 12, we take Romans 12, we take Ephesians 4, we take the passage in First Peter, and we rip them out of their context, and we sew and patch them all together, and they say, here is our teaching on spiritual gifts, which is totally opposite of the way we are supposed to understand, study, teach, and expound Scripture. Context always matters. And First Corinthians, remember, this is a church that is coming apart. They are fragmented. There's divisions everywhere. <clears throat> and probably the biggest division in the church is what occurs in the 14th chapter. In fact, I will share this with you. The 14th and 15th chapters, I mean, if, if you did nothing else in Corinthians, and you don't want the first chapter. But the 14th and 15th, they're like everything to help you understand. The problem was there was a group of people who thought they had the ability to speak in tongues. And they thought because they could speak in the ecstatic unknown languages, their gift made them superior to everyone who couldn't. And it was ripping the church apart. Lost people were coming and leaving completely. It was divisive and chaotic. So Paul's going to resolve it. He's going to resolve it in chapter 12 by talking about spiritual gifts. Chapter 13, is going to talk about the most important gift of all, which is gift of love. And then in chapter 14, he's going to deal with the problem of speaking in tongues. And he's going to tell them the prophetic preaching the word of God, prophecy or preaching the word of God is superior to speaking in tongues. In fact, the only gift mentioned in all the different passages is prophecy which is not foretelling the future as in some, and I'll share that with you in a minute, but proclaiming the revelation or the word of God. So you have to keep that in mind when you come to the 12th chapter. So I'll cover a few things. I'm trying to get through halfway through chapter 12, but I'm probably going to go off on a couple of rabbits along the way. We'll do that. Now, he says, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, Excuse me. I do not want you to be unaware. I do not want you to be agnostic, ignorant, because you are. <laughs> he's telling them, he's t- the word brethren, it's a, it's a term of affection. Brother, I don't want you to be a fool because you are. It's kind of what that means. Why is he telling him he doesn't want them to be ignorant? Because they're ignorant. That's why. In this particular case, concerning spiritual gifts, they're ignorant. So, you know that when you were pagans, he's going back. Remember, it's the primary Gentile church. Remember when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. You were led astray as pagans. However it happened, you were led astray. Therefore, I want to make clear to you, this this is an important litmus test. No one who's speaking by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, will ever say Jesus is accursed or Jesus is cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there's debate whether or not some people were saying Jesus is cursed or accursed. And maybe some Jewish people were doing that. This just could be it just could be maybe just one of those sayings that he's trying to point out. If you proclaim Jesus is Lord, everything's good. You can't, as a true follower of Christ, ever be opposite of Christ or think he is a curse. It's kind of like, I just want to share this with you right off the bat. He is talking to believers. And while there's maybe more depth to it than that, for our purposes, it's fine. Now he says, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, Holy Spirit. There are varieties of ministries, or you know, diaconeo, uh where deacon comes from, their ministry, serving. The same Lord There's a a variety of effects or workings, but the same God who works all things in all persons. He's given a Trinitarian formula. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in the life of the church, God is in everything. So I'm going to talk a few moments in general about spiritual gifts. Um, (laughs) I think in most churches that deal too heavily with spiritual gifts, they really lose track of what's important. And I know people, and I understand people say, David, I'm trying to discover my spiritual gifts. What do I do? And normally I just say, don't worry about it. You just serve the Lord, and as time goes on, you'll figure out what you do. Or a lot of times what I'll say, the best thing to do is ask yourself two questions. What do you like? What are you good at? It's just that simple. You need, you need to like what you're doing. Uh, I'm really good at detail work. I'm really good at that sort of administrative stuff. I hate it. I can do it. I don't want to do it. It's not a gift. It's a treasury. There are things I really like to do. I love to preach. I just love doing it. Every every Sunday after that fourth sermon, I go home, relax, and by Sunday night, I'm thinking, okay, got another one coming. Just get going. Come up Monday. We're ready to go. Brian and I were talking this Monday. Start the same old thing all over again. Willie Nelson has a song, turn out the lights, the party's over. All good things come to an end. Turn out the lights, the party's over, but tomorrow starts the same old thing again. We leave this place. In other I have a pastor friend of mine. He's like two years older than me. He's about to retire. What are you going to (laughs) do? People say, when do you think you'll retire? Never. Why would I want to go when I get older to some church, you know, retire to some small church, and hear somebody preach thinking I'm better than them? Thinking may be too... And you do that on every Sunday, right? <laughs> the the past. You think it every week. Thinking may not be correct. Knowing I'm better than that. You know, I love it when the guys preach last, you know, uh, November. Joe preached four messages. And that first one, I'm like, good job, Joe. You know, I think I was out one of those. And I came back and that third week. I'm like, okay. I'm ready. By that fourth week, I'm like, I'm thinking about Joe. Let's, let me handle this from here on out. You know, I'm ready. I mean, so... But you got to be good at it, too. I know there are people I see this all the time. People Brian Mike know this, love to sing. And I think, I think singings a gift' about one. they love to sing. And their mothers told them they're good. grandmother told them they're good. And they're not. And I'm usually saying, "Mike, Brian, go tell them they're not very good." <laughs> they don't have the gift.) So, there's, and and people, and listen, people, every time I go to a church, and I've interviewed far more churches than I've ever served. I mean, every church I pastor, at some point, I probably interviewed with close to a dozen or more before that, at some point. I've probably interviewed in my career with 40 or 50 churches uh, or filled out surveys, and they all ask you spiritual gifts, and I'll say the same thing Um, preaching, communicating scripture, one of those two things, um, and leadership. And, And those probably are. I, I, I don't worry about it a lot. I, people sometimes say, I'm trying to find my spiritual gifts. I get it. Some churches, they take tests. So before, I, and I, I hate spiritual gift tests. I, I'm absolutely opposed to it. Remember, we, don't, I think we were doing when I got here, putting into it. It tells you nothing. I want you to think about it just a minute. And we're going to see this. The Holy Spirit gives you gifts, right? That's why they says, comes from the Spirit. So how are... You know, Jim, Bob, and Ed gonna sit in their office and write out a test to determine what God gave you. Does that not seem just arrogant? Before at five o'clock, about five to five fifteen, I took three spiritual gift tests. Three. This is fun. One of them I never got the results back. I think I blew it out. The, two, uh, the next two, I have, and both of those, I have the gift of apostleship. The apostles ended when John died. <laughs> now, I understand this is a charismatic church, and they believe the gift of apostleship still exists. They're wrong, but they do. So do you understand? And I can read, Timothy and I were talking about, you can read these tests, and they're all slanted. One of them was heavy on the prophecy. I have a gift of prophecy in all of them. Some were he- heavy on the giving. Some of this, And there were questions like, do you, do you come alongside people and care for them when they're hurting? Well, yeah, of course I know I'm a pastor. I'm good at it. I don't do it all the time. And Joe's better at it. Brian's better at it. Mike's, they're all better at it. But in the crunch, I can still, and I have some of y'all come alongside you and be unbelievably merciful and encouraging when the time comes. So probably we need to rethink our whole understanding. The other problem we have is that every gift test makes an assumption that is totally wrong. That we are limited in the number of gifts to those mentioned in the Scripture. I know what I'm saying sounds like heresy. But we think the only gifts are those that Paul, to some degree, Peter, have mentioned. And the question I ask you is, why? Because nowhere does it say that. So understand. Nowhere. Paul, you're going to see today, in a few minutes, the gifts Paul lists in this first part... None of them really apply to us. The gifts in Romans, we'll read some of those. Those are good gifts. Yeah, I got them. But, some, but, but there are gifts in Romans that aren't in Corinthians. Did the church of Corinth not have those gifts? Why didn't he say? Well, you, you, he, he never says, here are all the gifts. He never does that. The gifts we use in Ephesians chapter 4 are not really gifts. They're offices. <clears throat> we just make the assumption that in order to have the office, you have to have that gift. I don't know why, we just do. In fact, I would share with you, remember Sunday when I talked about making stuff up? Most things we teach about the gifts, we just make up. For instance, as Baptists, we tend not to use the charismatic gifts, speaking in tongues, healing miracles. In fact, here's what some of them do. Some guys will say those gifts are no longer in effect. Why? There's nothing in Scripture. Now, I know why they make the argument. No one makes that argument better than John MacArthur. I agree with John MacArthur. 90% of the time, I'm not on gifts. There's, you can't make that argument, honestly, based on Scripture. I don't care how eloquent you are. And then, what about gifts that they don't mention, like music? I've heard, what, you know, I've been, I'm married to a woman who's a phenomenal, gifted singer. She, oh yeah, she touches people's hearts. But I've been told that's not really a gift, that's a talent. Don't come on. Who are you kidding? I mean, Brian and Mike, they, they're phenomenally gifted. Two of the most gifted music guys I've ever seen. They're gifted. Joe was gifted. We're trying to figure out in what capacity. <laughs> He's taken 22 tests and we can't figure it out yet. <laughs> just, I'm just picking on you because you can't do anything about it. Is it possible that your life has the gift of encouragement and she'll feel, make you feel better? She'll put her arm around you. It's okay, honey, unless she agrees. So here's, is it possible that we need to rethink and come to the view that Paul has? That's the answer that is yes. Possibly you should do that. Look what Paul writes. He says there are variety of gifts, variety of ministries, variety of effects. All of those things. And then he says this, verse 7. But to each one is given the manifestation or the revealing of the Spirit. Notice this. For the common good. Same thing in, 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 in Romans. What is the purpose of the gift? For the common good. The purpose of the gift isn't for you. The purpose of the gift is for the church. God gives you gifts to use in the church. Now that means you can, I mean, obviously you can use it outside in the church and reading lost people. I get that. But the purpose of your gift isn't to separate you, to raise you up, to make a distinction. The purpose of your gift is for you to use in the ministry of the church. So before I, I list these, starting in verse 8. Let me just tell you one of the things that's so important from my perspective. Before we worry about what spiritual gifts you, get, and some people say, "David, well, I know my spiritual gifts. That's good. I will we'll plug you in." I will Josh, Brian, Michael. They'll plug you in. Joy, they'll plug you in. But the main thing is you need to serve. Period. So, I don't know what gift it takes to work over in Awana. I really don't. But we got a lot of really gifted, talented people touching the lives of folks. I don't care what gift they have. I don't care. Someone says, I have this gift. Okay, what are you doing? I got I got it doesn't matter. Just serve. Do you realize that when a guest, come, some of you, this is you, a guest comes to our church. when the time they come in on a Sunday, they've seen the welcoming, they've seen the, uh, the parking crew. Yeah, the guys are proud. After that, the welcoming crew overcoming those deficiencies when they come to the door. (laughs) The greeters, then we got people at the Welcome Center, people working in the cafe. Y'all quit buying your coffee at Starbucks and Dutch Brothers and buy it here for quite a make the same thing. (laughs) Then they go to Wombo Land and Upstream. By the time they walk into this room, if they have kids. They've already made their mind up for the most part. By the time the music, before I ever preach, 95% of them have already made their mind up if they'll ever come back. And you know that's true because some of you, that's you. Before I ever get up to preach, they have already made their mind up if they're going to come back. All I can do is mess it up. If they've already decided they're coming back, all I can do is mess it up. If they're not coming back, there's nothing I can do to resurrect that hope. It's done. Every place people serves matters. They're all important. You serve on the mission stuff with us, you know, with Josh and Joe working on some mission stuff, you know, around the the city these past few days. That matters. All of it matters. The tech people, how important is that? They they mess up my preaching because they are the music, because they got something wrong. We just look hot, but they're bad. People say, oh, they can't even pull that off. Notice it. Notice what he's saying. And he's remember, the problem he's dealing with is the charismatic element. <clears throat> For the one in verse 8 is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, the word of knowledge, according to the same spirit. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, trying to figure out what the wisdom, as I do some research and study, and I you know, look at the Greek, and I look at the commentaries, there's no hard and fast agreement on what wisdom and knowledge is. Something that is pointing towards the fact that there's a, there is a spiritual kind of charismatic element, you know, wisdom is the ability, you know, to make wise choices, you know, knowledge. But here's the thing, is to know things. Here's the question. As the pastor of the church. There are tough decisions that have to be made. I have to lead you to make them. Don't I need the gift of wisdom at that moment? Now I may go talk to some of my boys about to get their idea in opinion, but at the end of the day, I'm gonna come and stand before you and think this is what I need to do. Unless I'm off my rocker or make something that's crazy, that's what you're probably gonna to vote today. So I mean, there's not wisdom needed by me in those tough times. Do I have the gift of wisdom? I don't think people look at me and say, man, you got the gift of wisdom. But every so often, it's possible I have it, or knowledge, to understand. And think about if if a guy does have the gift of wisdom, or a woman, what do we do? They just sit there at home, and whenever it's a tough situation, I just stroll up and say, hey, give me some wisdom on what to do. Oh, Solomon. We don't work that way. So the idea that there's just one person, who has this? Or two people. Others, look at this one. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same spirit. Now, faith obviously doesn't mean saving faith or being faithful. It, it's the idea of, they all say, the faith that can move mountains. Okay. Most Christians I know that are truly committed have an unbelievable faith. Right? Y'all have faith. What y'all going through, right? Unbelievable faith. Others you have gone through tough times have faith. Is it not possible that most believers, when the time is needed, have faith? Well, certainly they do. And that faith can be an encouragement to the church. But the idea that there's this group of people over there, this group over here has faith. Well, what does this group have? Sorry, y'all don't have faith. I don't know what to tell you. Go find another gift. Well, it seems kind of harsh, doesn't it? Is that what Paul's really saying? Oh, look at this. Or the gift of healing... By the one spirit. When I'm sick, I want healing. You know where I go? To a doctor. Because they have the degree on the wall. I'm not going to some guy or gal that says, Hey, David, I want you to know if you ever need me, I have the gift of healing. I'm going to say, No, you don't. You really don't. Now, back then, in that culture, healing could be important. But I, I, I saw this in one of the tests I took. Honest to goodness. Are people experiencing miracles when they come into your presence? Like, Like, they don't have to come in my presence. If you'll just buy my book and read it, you'll experience it all the time. And into another. The effecting of miracles. And to another, prophecy. All the, everything says, let get the prophecy. I'm going to talk about prophecy in just a moment. To another, distinguishing of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. That's not different language. That's ecstatic utterance of speaking in tongues. And another, the interpreting of the tongues. But here's the key. The one and the same spirit works all these things. Giving to each one individually just as he wills. Notice what Paul is saying. The Holy Spirit gives the gifts as he chooses. You've got to quit being so arrogant. You didn't come up with this on your own. If you have one of these gifts, the Holy Spirit gave it. One of the big debates is what prophecy means. Now, if you're of the charismatic world, prophecy is foretelling the future every time. The prophetic. This is what, but if you're from our world and you follow the Bible closely and you believe in following what the text says and you understand something about Greek in context, the prophetic is always, first and foremost, they're proclaiming and speaking forth the mind of God. Hebrew, Greek, English, Polish, whatever version you want to come up with. It means to speak the mind of God. What did the prophets say in the Old Testament? Thus saith the Lord. The primary meaning of the prophetic is to speak the mind of God. Sometimes it's going to be future because you're going to say, hey, look, if you don't get your act together, you're going to struggle down the line. Well, that's not hard to do. If, if you're not careful, I'm going to tell you this right now. In this room, there may be six people that have the gift of prophecy. They really. And I know that because they preached or will preach or whatever. If you come up to me and say, I took a test and I have the gift of prophecy. I'm going to say, you need to do a retake. <laughs> Study differently. Because you probably don't. Why is that? Because why would God give you a gift you're not going to be able to use in the church? I, mean, I love you, but if you tell me you the gift of prophecy, okay, go find a church. And go. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? We have to understand how the Spirit works. He gives us gifts that we use. And one of the things I would tell you is the main thing of all of this is that we get it and we use it. Speaking in tongues, do I think speaking in tongues still exists? Yeah, I got no problem. Church down the street tells me they speak in tongues. All right, we don't. I've had people tell me in this church, I speak in tongues. Okay. It's a private thing. That's fine. It's not a spiritual gift. If it's private, it's never a spiritual gift, by the way. If you can't use it in the church, it's not a spiritual gift for the church. You ain't going to use it here. If you want to speak in tongues privately, I, I'm not going to argue. I know pastors that argue. Why? I don't. Okay. Do I care if the church down the street speaks in tongues? No, I don't care. If that, whatever. Because I don't read anywhere in Scripture that that doesn't exist anymore. So, the gifts have to benefit the church you're in. That's important. And the number one thing isn't trying to determine your gift, though that's fine. It's to determine a place where you can serve. And and if in the course of that, listen, there are people who'll start one place, end up somewhere else, finally end up somewhere else. That's how all the parking lot guys got there. They failed at all the other uh, places. Sorry, you guys, that's not true. Those guys actually, freezing cold the other day, they're out there. One of them in shorts. God bless him. And he's the smartest of the lot too. 100 degree heat, they're out there. I appreciate it. The point of all that is, find a place to serve. You want to go teach children? That's fine. I'll just tell you this: we're not going to put two dudes in Wamboland watching two-year-olds. I can promise you that right now. So, if you want to teach children, guys, head up to Upstream. Make sure there's a lady attached, because whatever else happens, we ain't stupid. We're we're you know we're going to make sure. On our end, that we provide you opportunities. Once again, what does he say? For the common good of the church. Now, look what he says after that. For even as the body has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many or one body, so also is Christ. Like your body has many members. This is the whole argument in Romans that there's a lot of different parts. For by one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free. We were made to drink of one Spirit. We all have, as followers of Christ, the Spirit of God. He has given all of us gifts. You know, I know guys and gals who at their place of work spend 60 hours a week, 70 hours a week in high-pressure, high-profile jobs. When they come to church, they want to serve somewhere where they don't have to think or do any of that stuff. Nothing wrong with that. I just want to serve, happy, useful. That's great. Some guys and gals are trying to find where they fit. That's fine too. Find that place. But remember that you have to be led by the Spirit. And you need to be functioning in the church. And if you've taken a spiritual gifts test, I don't want to fit you. Don't want to hurt your feelings. And you've got the gift of apostleship. Don't take that test. It's okay. Apostleship is dead. I have, a, since this is one of those subjects that people have questions, I'll have some time to answer. So, and I don't mean to be cavalier about things. I can be. But I want you to find a place to serve in our church that has meaning and purpose. And we utilize your gifts will help you in that process. We, we do it all the time. Those guys are great about helping people. And sometimes, if you think you have a gift in a certain area and you don't, they'll help you find another area, too. I don't mean that ugly. I mean, we will help you find a place. Any questions about gifts? Well, that's good. That I means I did a really good job. And the <laughs> gift I've had of teaching and preaching has become Obvious, so y'all can (laughs) go.